0: when you think you're fancy but you're not go and listen to flop shot welcome to episode 6 of the flop shot um, today i had a couple <laughs> of guests that i had planned on having on but neither one of them could it's the holidays i don't i don't want to pester anybody um, so it's just going to be me i have to be consistent with this so this is episode 6 which I'm impressed with myself. You guys should be proud of me. But I'm basically just going to be talking directly to the camera. For anybody that's watching, this is going to be weird. But if you're just listening, then it'll be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, I'm just going to tell stories. I had quite the week last week when I went down to South America with my friends from Country Club Adjacent. Uh, Jake Adams, Griff Pippin. I don't know what Matt's last name is, but Matt was our videographer. I knew his last name at one point, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, Phenomenal videographer. So Matt and I kind of helped film the match between Mito Pereira and Joaquin Neiman, and we were so we had like inside the ropes access, but the ropes were like two Chileans like carrying ropes behind us to keep kind because there was about twenty five hundred people there. Um, it was really cool. I'll, sh- I'll show a little video of it right here. Um, but it was just a cool experience. I don't think that they really thought we were going to come down. Um, originally, Jake and I had talked about it when when I was down in Miami. He was telling me that he was going down to this match. And I was like, hey, I could come translate for you. Like I spoke Spanish like 25 years ago when I lived in South America. It's, I was like, it's been a while since I've spoke, so I'm probably not going to be very good. But I'll be better than... The three of you guys that don't speak any Spanish. And so um, he's like, yeah, come. And uh, so I just flew down to Santiago, Chile. I've never been there before. Um, awesome country. It actually kind of looked like Los Angeles, but like a little bit nicer. It was like a it, like because it had like bigger mountains and but it felt like California. Maybe it's just because it's on the West Coast there, but it had like California vibes to it for sure. Walking and his brother were amazing. Um, I didn't really get to talk to Mito at all, um, but we played a match the next day. I was just kind of the caddy, just kind of there for content. But we played a match the next day after that with, it was Jake and Griff versus Joaquin and his brother. And his brother's only been playing for like two years, so he's a, but he's like a 12 handicap. He actually came in pretty clutch. I, I don't know when the video is going up of the match, but um, I'll link to it. Once it's once it's up, so you can go watch it and kind of see. Um, but we just kind of had fun with it. We we actually I had the idea to get it because I was kind of Jake and Griff's caddy. Not really, but just kind of for the content. I was dressed up as Happy Gilmore's homeless caddy in the onesie. Um, and then Joaquin, one of, one of the guys who was like the president of the golf club that they were at um, caddied for him. And so they ki- we kind of had two caddies, but not really. We were basically just there. I don't know why we were there, but, um, I had the idea. I was like, let's get inside of the little ball picker upper thing that was like caged. And I'm like, they can just hit balls at us and just do target practice. And so we were driving around in this cage and Joaquin hit this one ball that just, I, I had turned the camera. We were filming inside the, inside that golf Zamboni and he just hit this laser at us, and I think it might have dented the cage actually, because we were only like 50 yards away, and and I had turned the camera. If I can find the footage, if I can get it from Country Club adjacent, I'll I'll put it on here. But he just hit this laser at us, and I was like, oh, this could end badly. But and then it just like dented the, I think it dented it. I don't know. There was a dent in it after, and so when we got out, I was like, that's probably from that shot that he hit. But um. Yeah, it was so much fun, um, and then Joaquin had to leave after, and so um, Joaquin's brother and me played against Jake and Griff, and they, like, gave us, like, half a stroke on each hole, and so we destroyed them. It was, it, that was not a smart decision. What, I, what happened was, is we, originally, we were just going to get, like, half a stroke on, like, four holes, and on because we were just playing nine-hole match and then we lost the first hole and so i think jake and griff felt bad for us and they were just like let's give them half a stroke every hole and then we just started playing really well and um kind of we hustled them we didn't really hustle them i don't honestly i don't really care we weren't playing for anything i just like playing in those matches and we didn't film any of that content um but it was it was a fun match um, and it was just, I, it was fun to be down there. After that, we flew back to Las Vegas and Jake was just kind of like, Hey, just come with us to this golf and gaming. That's what I'm wearing right here. The golf gaming club. Um, there's this, a bunch of gamers that play golf together and, uh, I didn't really know any of the gamers. I knew who Daltouche was just cause Mark Smalls always talks about him. Um, I met him. Actually, we met a lot of really cool people, Um, and then we played, and I I didn't really know why I was there for that either, because I I wasn't, I'm not a part of the club, nobody invited me there, Jake was just kind of like, you might as well just come with us if you're already here, so um, I just kind of parlayed that into another trip, and flew to Vegas with him, and then we played in that tournament. They ended up winning that tournament in a playoff. Um, Griff sunk like a sixty-five foot, like double breaker putt that was just like an impossible putt. I don't know how he made it, and it was like in the dark. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a video to that too that I can link. Um, But it was just, it was crazy, and it was such a cool way to end. And there was like four camera crews. There was like somebody had a boom mic that they were holding up like to capture the sound like they, it was all out it was it was a pretty cool little setup for for this tournament it was at bear's best it's like jack nicholas's favorite courses or no it's his favorite holes from all the courses on the west coast i guess he has the same kind of course on the east coast in atlanta or something where he, where it's like all the all his favorite east coast course hole holes from the courses that he likes the best so there was like a couple of courses that had like black sands. And it was just really, I don't know why I just took a sip mid-sentence. But it was just a really cool course. Um, I'd like to go play it. I wasn't really playing it because it was their tournament. I hit like one, I played one par three where I put it pretty close actually. And I had no warm up. And so I was pretty impressed with uh, with that shot. If I'll see if they'll send me that video clip and I'll I'll post it here so you can see it. Um, but yeah, it was just a really fun tournament, really cool people. We stayed at like some nice resort in, uh, in Vegas. It's like the, it was like the new resort. And then Griff and I ended up, some guy like came up, we were talking about bullfighting and there was like a bullfighting event at the, at the resort that we were staying at. And so we were talking about it. And some guy that was, like, walking beside us was, like, we we were talking about how, like, in Spain and in, like, Mexico and, like, the bull, like, real bullfighting, like, they kill the actual bull. Like, the bull gets, like, harpooned or whatever. Like, they'll actually kill the bull in the bullfights. And we were just talking about how that's kind of crazy and that kind of stuff would never happen here. But the bullfighting that they were talking about, it was, like, the national finals for bullfighting. It's, like, the rodeo clowns. And so they they'll go and they'll basically have like, I don't know, a minute inside the inside the little bullpen to try and like put moves on the bull and basically just move out of its way. I don't really know how they keep points. I don't know how like how you get a better score than somebody else. But um, it was pretty cool. The guy that was walking next to us was like, hey, we don't do that because he overheard us talking. He's like, we don't like we don't actually kill the bull like it's. This is just like basically dodgeball with a bull, um, and that's kind of what those rodeo clowns are for. It's for when the when like if say, if you're like a saddle bronc or a bull rider guy, and you get bucked off. I guess it's not for saddle bronc because the horses aren't as crazy, but it's for bull. It's for bull riders, so that you'll always see like a rodeo clown in there. Usually has like his face painted or whatever, and he's funny, and he, they usually have him mic'd up. Like at the Calgary Stampede, I remember the bullfighters being like the funniest people and they'd be mic'd up and they'd be talking, but they're basically to divert the bull's attention when the cowboy gets bucked off. So they'll divert the attention so that the cowboy can get to safety. And so it's turned into a sport now where it's like, these guys will go and they're like the top of their, of the world in in bullfighting. So we went and got to watch that. The guy gave us like access to go and be like on the dirt. So we're like right behind these two cowboys that were judging it um and it was it was really cool it was both of us were kind of like wow i can't believe we're here and it, and like literally the guy just kind of rolled up on us and i don't he must have been like the organizer or heard us talking for whatever reason he's like hey i'll put you guys on the list and you can come and watch it i don't i don't think we would have went and watched it otherwise um so maybe he just thought that we had attention or something he's like these guys look like uh they're influencers or something. I have no idea why he, why he got, why he let us in. Um, but it was really cool. It was a fun experience. Um, there was a guy from Caldwell, Idaho that like ran right into the bowl and they were, I think they wear like padding on like their chest, but this guy like basically took on the bowl head on. It was crazy. I think I have a video clip of it. I'll, I'll post it right here. But, um, there was a guy from Calgary, Alberta where I grew up so it was cool to see all those cowboys. I mean, a lot of them were from Texas, Oklahoma. Um, but it was a really fun experience. Uh, the, the, my favorite part of Santiago was probably when we got to play. Going back to the original reason why I went on that trip. Um, when we actually got to play... We just played some court. I don't even know what the name of the course was, but it was awesome. They, I think they were just like ecstatic that we came all the way from the United States to come and basically bring attention to what they were doing. But it was really cool that Mito and Joaquin are both doing that. And there was like a, they had like a young crowd that was there. Those guys were like rock stars, especially Joaquin. Like he was getting mobbed at the end by all these kids wanting autographs and it it was really cool to see him, and th- I think that was like the first time that he's experienced that level of of fandom, because because he won at Riviera last year, and so um, he's kind of he's kind of the guy in in South America as far as golf goes, and there's not a ton of like South American golfers that play at a professional level, so it was it was cool to see that. Um, and he was just such a nice guy. Both him and his brother were just amazing people, but that's just how people in South America are. They're literally like some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. They would, most people from South America would literally give you the shirt off their back if you asked for it. I actually had that happen to me one time, um, when I lived in Uruguay, there was this guy that I would see all the time. I don't know if he was homeless or what it was, but he'd always be like, Hey, let's trade shirts. And I, and I was like, uh, uh, I don't really have. And he'd be wearing like this tiny little like tank top. And I would just, the one time that I did change shirts with him, I was wearing like a Canada shirt that had like a Canadian flag on it and it said like A, like E H on the bottom. It was kind of a cool shirt that I liked. But he was like, oh, we're changing, we're, we're switching shirts right now. And so I changed shirts with him. So then I'm like just this skinny, like super pasty, um, uh, <laughs> kid that's walking around in like a, a purple like tank top that didn't fit me at all but it was it was just funny there was another time where um there's these shirts that they'd wear in uruguay that were like military issued shirts and it just said uruguay across the chest and so you could only get them if you were in the military it's just like a blue shirt and said uruguay that was it but i was like i really like that shirt and i remember i met this guy in the street i'd never talked to him before in my life And I was like, where can I get one of those shirts? And he's like, you can't get one of these shirts. He's like, you have to serve in the military to get this shirt. And so he proceeds to take the shirt off and gives it to me, like the shirt that he was wearing. And he's like, here, take this one. I was like, I'm not trying to take the shirt off your back. And he's like, no, I insist. He's like, you, he's like, take this with you. And it was just like, that's just how those people are. They're like some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. And they're just so... Chile was really cool, too. Like, I don't know if it was because we stayed in, like, a nicer area, but, like, most people spoke English, so I didn't even really have to translate that much. There was a couple times where it was probably good that I was there to translate, but for the most part, like, people spoke English there. Um, People were just so nice, and it was was just such a cool experience. I'd always wanted to get back to South America and just never had any reason to go back there that was pressing like that Where this was kind of one of those opportunities Where I was like I'll just go And like Jake and Griff basically took care of I mean I fly for free So that was part of the reason why I was like I'm just going to go It would be cool to go back to South America But they like paid for everything Jake was like you're not paying for anything um, So it was just really cool To be able to hang out with those guys Because they've become good friends over the last couple of years And it was it was just a fun time Um, and I, it was, I was just super appreciative that they even let me come down with them. Um, and just to be a part of that, like to see that side of golf too, where those guys are literally like growing the game of golf in their country where there's not a lot of, I don't even think there's a lot of golf courses in Santiago or even in the outskirts areas um I remember when I was in Uruguay there was like two courses in the entire country granted Uruguay is like a tiny country of like three million people but like for three million people like I think about Idaho and how many courses there are just in the Boise area and there's that's for like to serve like maybe 500,000 people there's so many courses that you that you can play and sometimes I even feel like there's not enough courses here but i can't imagine being down there and all the courses are private except for one and they're pretty expensive too i mean they're i think the i think the non-private course i think it, they said it was like $40 around or something but that's a lot of money in Chilean pesos you know like the people down there don't make the type of money that most people make up here and so for $40 up here isn't as big a deal as $40 down there i don't know what the equivalent would be um but it's it's a lot of money like that's a that's a lot of money to spend on golf so golf's an expensive sport um i've been kind of blessed with opportunities to play golf for free like i i don't think i've paid to play golf in like the last 10 years um and i think that's just you know kind of figuring out um how that works and i i worked at a golf course for a little while and so i was able to play for free there and then that golf course still lets me play for free whenever I want. They kind of let me do whatever I want there. But I also help them film content like there I provide value for these places that I play um, and having attention to. It's not like I, you know, just roll up and say, hey, I should play for free because just because I want to. Um, I'll usually give them free promotion um, and I don't know. It's just you, you learn how it works. And if you if you work at a golf course, you know that you can play for free. And then if you're in good with like the pro there, he can call around to other courses and he can get you on if you ever want to. Um, they, they reciprocate as far as like doing favors for other courses. And so it's um, it's one of those sports that if you really want to play, you can find a way to play. Like I I had like hand me down clubs my whole entire life. Um, and I'd always liked golf, but I could never really afford it. Cause it was always super expensive, even where I grew up to play. And in Canada, you're only playing like six or seven months out of the year. Anyways, it's not a huge golf season, but, um, anyway, I don't even know where that train of thought was going, but, um, it's just weird being able to, like talking to a camera and, Telling stories but I I think I like this a lot more where I actually have somebody with me whether it's a co-host or whether it's just um, one of my friends that I'm talking to I think I might go back to that type of format because this just feels kind of weird may not feel weird for the listener or the viewer but for me feels really weird I always have to sneak in my um, sponsor that I hope to have one day guayaki yerba mate enlightenment is my favorite flavor and i just drink them on the podcast because part of the reason why i do that is because i know one day i'll probably have sponsors for this podcast and so i'm just kind of putting in reps as far as like trying to organically promote companies that i like because if if companies do sponsor this podcast i want it to be beneficial for them like i want it to add value to what they're doing i don't want it I don't want to just like be draining them of money where they do that as a favor to me because they feel sorry for me or whatever. Um, So, but guayaki is literally something that I drink every day and I've kind of strategically put them in. I haven't actually hit them up to see if they'll sponsor me. I kind of want to put some reps in before and get better at this podcasting thing that I'm doing um, and actually get attention in it and who knows if that'll ever even happen i don't know if i'm gonna have like some moment on the podcast that gets clipped and gets a ton of views i, I don't i don't know i don't i'm trying to figure out the whole social media landscape behind it um it feels like it feels like a full-time job just trying to do that uh but if there are any companies out there that are watching this that want to sponsor it and it's something that that i like especially if it's golf related or even like food related i drink related i i do like these um this is my um gold star of a company that i would like to get as a sponsor but i don't even know if they do sponsorships for podcasts so i may just be giving them a bunch of free promotion and um and then i can transition it into something else that i like of people who or of a company who actually has money that will pay me to do this stuff. But who knows? Maybe one day, Guayaki will sponsor me. So, if uh, if anybody knows anybody at Guayaki, tell them to hit me up. I don't even know who's listening still at this point. We're, we're like 21 minutes into this episode, and I'm already thinking, hmm, maybe I should wrap it up. Um, the So, my friends at Country Club Adjacent, they told a story about how we rented this car, so Jake went. You can listen to their podcast too they They have an awesome podcast. um but they just put out an episode where they were telling the story about how my shoes kind of got stolen so i I kind of got robbed when I was down there. We're talking about people that will give you the shirt off their back. then we go to this where um i so I had my sh- usually i wear flip flops that's i mean that's kind of the the concept behind this podcast being called the flop shot. I'm always golfing in flip-flops. I love wearing flip-flops. I don't know what it is about flip-flops, but I've just always liked to wear them. So anyway, I was wearing my flip-flops and then I brought a pair of shoes just in case because I was like, what if it's a fancy country club and they make you wear shoes? I didn't know what to expect going into South America. It wasn't as fancy as I thought it was going to be. And then Joaquin's brother was like, wearing crocs the first day and so i was like oh this is my kind of course where they'll just let you do whatever so i wore flip-flops the next day but and i wore flip-flops for the rest of the time but i had shoes there with me so i was bringing the shoes to the airport we rented this car from this guy who basically was like jake got there early and was like i none of the car places were open i guess and so he ran into this one guy who had like a clipboard and he's like hey i've got cars and like showed him pictures of cars and Um, basically, rented us this piece of crap car. Um, Jake paid for it in advance. And then, so when we brought the car back, the car didn't even have headlights. Like, we were driving around in the streets of Santiago with no headlights. We'd just turn our like flashing, like hazard lights on, and people would be like flashing their brights at us every time they saw us. And we're like, yeah, we know we, we, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, and so, and we didn't realize that we didn't have headlights until like, I think the second day, cause that was when we were driving at night and we're like, I don't think we have headlights. Anyway, we rented this car, we brought it back and the guy there was basically trying to get more money from us. It was kind of like this shady type deal. I don't even know how these guys are allowed to kind of peruse the, <laughs> the airport parking lot for rental cars, but this guy, um, wanted more money from us and we were like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, you have to pay cash. We need, I need 24,000 more pesos, which is like about the equivalent of $24. And so then Jake talked to the guy who actually rented him the car. He got him on the phone, and he's like, hey, you never told us that we had to pay more when we brought this back. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's for taxes, for toll roads that you may have driven on. And Jake's like, well, we didn't drive on any toll roads. Anyways, we gave the guy 10,000 pesos, which is like 10 bucks, And we're like, we're, this is what we'll give you. You can have this, like, he basically hustled us out of that, from what I understand. I don't know. I don't know how the rental car business works in South America, but this felt like we were being hustled, and so um, he wanted more, and Jake didn't have any money, and I was the only one that had, like, pesos, and I was like, I don't really want to, I was going to go exchange all my pesos back and get American dollars back, and so (laughs) he... Jake was talking to him and basically saying, Hey, like you rented us a car that didn't have headlights. Like you could have told us about that. And the guy was really mad at him. He's like, Eso no se hace. He's like, You're a bad person. You don't do this. And then, and then so I kind of chimed in at that point and I was like, Wait a minute. I'm like, You're going to try and guilt us for not giving you as much money as you're trying to extort from us or whatever. I was like, You know what else you don't do? You don't rent cars to people that have no headlights. And then he tried to say, Hey, I didn't know the people brought it back and didn't tell me and I'm like you can check that type of stuff. So anyway, it he Jake was trying to talk to him and then the guy just got mad, shut the door, calls him a bad person and drives off. And I was like, uh my shoes were in that car. And we never saw the guy again, so basically somebody took my Gary V shoes that I've had for ever since Gary did a drop with the they were the 002s. They were like the original shoe that he released on the collab he did with K-Swiss. So I lost my Gary V shoes, which was sad, but I'll get over it. I don't really wear shoes that often anyway, so I'll be fine. I'm sure there's some South American kid that's wearing those shoes now that appreciates them. <laughs> At least that's what I'm going to tell myself because I, I have other pairs of shoes and, and I will be okay. Um, but it was, just, it was just kind of a funny story. <laughs> they talked about it. Um, but that's just a little more context around it. Uh, it was, it was a really fun trip. And for the most part, everybody in South America was awesome. The only person that wasn't awesome was the rental car guy. And it wasn't even the guy who rented them the car. It was like some other guy that was there to get the car. It was just a weird experience, but it was, I mean, looking back on it, it was kind of funny and that's basically me saying I got robbed in Santiago but I didn't, he just, he, that, that guy didn't know my shoes were in the car when he drove off, he was just mad that he wasn't getting as much money as he thought he was from the, the gringos, they call us, so he took off, took off with my shoes, um, anyway, I think I'm getting close to about a half hour into this, I don't know how many more stories I can tell by myself, I don't know who's even listening to this still, or how boring this is, or if you like this type of format, if you do, let me know. If you, I mean, it m- makes a huge difference if you go and leave um, reviews on like Apple or Spotify, or if I, when I post this on YouTube, if you'll go and like leave a comment and subscribe to my YouTube channel, that helps me out a lot. Um, but I have committed to do this podcast for a year, so I'm going to do it weekly for a year. I'm going to try and get Um, just friends on and and people that I find interesting to talk to. Um, But I don't know how many of these I'm going to do by myself because it's more fun if you're, like, actually talking to somebody. Even though I'm talking to people through this, it's still weird to me that I'm behind a camera and on a microphone and just kind of talking into the ether. The, the Matrix, they call it. I don't know. what I've never seen that show, The Matrix. I should watch that movie. Um, but anyways, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Whoever is still listening to this, thank you. And go leave a comment. Leave a, I don't know, do whatever you have to do to boost me in the algorithm so that this gets more attention. So places like Guayaki reach out to me and sponsor me. Because that would be huge. Because I don't want to do this for free for the rest of my, for the next year. But at the same time, I'm committed to doing it. Even if I don't make any money off of it, I'm doing this for free. Even if I have to spend money. Um, it's It'll be a net positive eventually. So Opportunities will come from it that I never even dreamed of. I It's cool to see my friends at Country Club Adjacent. Because when I first met them, they had just started the podcast. And so to see where they've grown it and what it's at now, it's it's just kind of a cool thing to witness from the ground up. And so... Uh, it's not that I'm trying to be the next country club adjacent. Um, I just have stories to tell. And um, I got talked into this from a few friends. Uh, my friend Chase, he's basically holding me accountable on this. And so now he's supposed to start making TikToks and tell his story on TikTok again. Because he's a DJ that has like a ton of cool stories. And I, I keep telling him. I'm like, you need to tell more. I need to get him on this next. Maybe I'll Maybe I'll fly out to Colorado. And Get him on the podcast Or fly him out here I need to start making money before I'm flying people in For episodes Right now it's just going to be local people Or it's going to be people that I talk to When I'm on the road I'll I'll probably be doing another one of these When I go down to LA for the the Calabasas tournament for fly fairways Rob's going to be on this podcast Um, The Country Club adjacent guys are actually Coming to Boise in January and so um, maybe I'll get each one of them on here individually and then I'll just stack some episodes together and they can kind of tell their individual story because they've uh, always just kind of been on the podcast together Uh, Mark's not going to be here but um, Stotts and Griff and Jake will be here so I'll see maybe we'll do a podcast where it's all four of us together or If I can talk them into doing one individually, I think that would be cool because I haven't heard them on other people's podcasts where it's just them. It's always just been them as a group, but it is really cool to see kind of how they've grown and to see the cool things that they've gotten to do and just being in South America because of their podcast, basically, because they've grown that podcast to be super successful. Um, It might, it may not be as successful as Jake wants it to be, but it'll get there. It, it really has been cool to watch and, and to meet those guys from when they were just like up-and-comers um, to, and to see what Mark's doing on the road. He's on tour with Bert Kreischer right now, and I just watched his um, YouTube special that he put out, and it's hilarious. He's, he's such a funny guy, and those guys are all just like super nice guys that have taken me under their wing. Not even taken me under their wing. We're, like, we're just friends. Um, but for them to be to bring me down to South America with them, and to be like, yeah, just come down with us. Like, that was it, th- that was an experience that I will never forget. Um, it was so much fun. And just the cool things that golf, th- the cool people that I've met through golf, like, that's kind of what I want this podcast to be, is just telling stories of of the cool things that have come through playing golf. Because it is an expensive sport. And most people, I mean, most people that I knew growing up couldn't afford golf. So, for to be able to go down to south america and to see how the game is growing i saw i saw this one kid that was like he had like a stick that he was just swinging he was working on his golf swing with a stick he, he wasn't even a golf club and i was like that's cool i wish i would have taken a picture of it or a video um it was just this like 14 year old kid underneath a tree swinging a stick working on his technique he le- he looked like he had a pretty good swing too so it was just cool to see that um I've I've gotten really into golf over the last 2 years. I've always been a fan of golf, but the last 2 years has been like huge as far as like how much I've played, how much better I've gotten at the game and just kind of the friends that I've made through it. It's it's been uh it's been a journey for sure. Um and I will continue to share that journey with you guys. Um just make sure you go rate this podcast on Apple on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it go leave a five-star review if you want because it does boost me up and it makes makes it so that more people can see this and that's just a win-win for everyone. Um, but thanks for watching and uh, I'll see you next week. When you think you're fancy but you're not, go and listen to Flopshot.